0: Welcome to the trusted advisor a channel focused podcast and video series powered by the retail solutions providers association i'm jim roddy your host for today thank you so much for joining us this pod and video series is designed specifically for point-of-sale resellers and software developers and our goal is to educate you on the topics of technology leadership management sales marketing and other small business best practices Today on the podcast, we'll be talking about how Canadian resellers are navigating the COVID 19 crisis with three special guests. Paul LeDuc is the president of Globe POS Systems, a value added reseller headquartered in Brampton, Ontario, just west of Toronto. Before taking over at Globe in 2009, Paul was the manager of sales and distribution for Lodge Vision for six years, and he worked in sales for four years with AMPM Service. He's been active in the RSPA as a board member and chairperson of the association's Canadian community. Hey, Paul, great to talk with you today.
1: Hi, Jim. Uh, nice to be here.
0: Yes, glad to have you. Uh, our second guest is Gord Dirksen, the president and CEO of value-added reseller Ideal POS in Winnipeg. Gord has been a mainstay on the retail IT channel for nearly 27 years, 19 at, Odile, uh, 19 at Ideal, and prior to that, he was in sales at POS Systems. He's also active in the RSPA as a longtime community member uh, of the RSPA Canadian community. Hey, welcome, Gord. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jim. And I have to ask, for those who are watching on video, you're working from your office. Was that one of your coworkers who just stepped in the background and uh, made a face to everybody?
2: That is correct. Yes. Yeah. They don't understand this new technology that we're uh, entering into. But we are practicing distancing. That's for sure.
0: I was going to say, I think they were at least two meters behind you. So they were following the the social distancing. For those who are just listening on the podcast, make sure to tune into the RSPA YouTube channel so you can capture uh, that moment. So, Gord, great to have you here. Our final guest is Tim Shane. He's the president of King Business Services in Richmond, B.C. King was established in 1969. Tim joined the company in 2016. The 18 years prior, he was the Western Canada region manager for Legrand, a specialist in electrical and digital building infrastructure, and Tim is responsible for one of my all-time favorite RSPA testimonials. He said, quote, as an RSPA member, you won't feel alone in the sea of IT small businesses. Tim, thanks for the note and glad to have you here.
3: My pleasure. Thanks very much, Jim, for having us.
0: Yes, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. I know things are very busy uh, for you uh, with all the customers that you serve. So I really appreciate you taking uh, time today. So, okay, let's rock and roll. And before we get to the heart of the conversation, can each of you give our audience a quick overview of your organization in terms of number of employees, maybe the number you had before the COVID crisis, and maybe now I know a lot of folks have made staffing changes, vertical markets that you serve, Regions you serve, you know, et cetera, just so folks get a picture. And uh, let's go left to right across the Canadian map. So, Tim, if uh, you can go first and uh, share with us a, a quick overview uh, of King uh, Services.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you're right. Uh, King's been around since 1969. Um, we service um, Western Canada. We've reached out a little bit, but we go, uh, we service uh, markets in Saskatchewan bc and washington state uh the verticals we get involved in would be liquor liquor uh liquor stores grocery specialty retail farm markets that kind of thing um convenience stores gas stations sat um and we've got currently nine employees um we had 10 but nothing to do with COVID. so um yeah we're very diverse we've got probably 80 percent of our business and is in grocery retail
0: Got it, great, thank you. And for those who know uh, their Canadian maps, uh, they know that Gord goes
2: next. Thanks for having me. Yes, we are in Winnipeg and uh, we're 15 miles from the very center of Canada. So um, we have employee, 25 employees at Ideal PLS, uh, 24 now, one temporarily laid off due to a newness of being a brand new employee Um, We service markets in the restaurant, hospitality, hotel market, golf courses, hospitals, institutions, grocery stores, pharmacies. Um, We uh, look after primarily our largest market is in the Manitoba, northwestern Ontario uh, sector, but we expand into Saskatchewan, Alberta, B.C., throughout the eastern provinces of Canada and parts of the U.S.A. Great, thank you, Gord. And Paul?
1: Well, we have uh, 14 employees, uh, mostly centered around Toronto and in one office in um, Moncton, New Brunswick to service the East Coast. Uh, We service generally retail, grocery, so uh, convenience stores, grocery stores, mostly independents, um, and uh, do a small portion of quick service, but mostly it's all general retail, C-stores and groceries. Um, we haven't, we stayed the same number of employees. We've halted um, um, any hiring, but we are still looking for uh, more service technicians and, and mostly sales.
0: Got it. Great. Thank you for those overviews. And so one of the topics I want to start off with is talking about, Um, utilizing Canadian government resources that have been created recently to help small businesses through the COVID-19 crisis. And Paul, if we can start with you, if you can explain the document that you helped create that's now on the RSPA website. So it's titled A VARS Guide to Canada's Economic Response Plan, 23 pages full of a lot of information for uh, not just VARS, but small businesses in general. Can you explain to our listeners what that document is and, and how it came about?
1: Well, I I decided for my own sanity and sake to try to understand all the programs the government was putting in place. Um, So I started to put some stuff together and decided I I would actually just edit it in a format that's human readable and not government Um, documents and uh, make it available to my admin staff, but also uh, to the associations and we keep editing because, you know, the government needs talking points every day, so they keep changing things. Uh, So we keep editing uh, as regular as we can. Uh, So I've talked I've really concentrated on on mostly on small businesses in our industry. Um, So whether it's the the loan program, uh, this called the SIBA programs uh, for employment, uh, try to detail as much as we can as soon as it's published or announced. the rules are again, again. The rules of the games are changing on a regular basis. There's more announcements apparently this week. So, um, so whether it's it's a loan program for small business or bigger loans, uh, um, salary compensation, the ten or seventy-five percent. How do you get to those? Um, uh, have access to those grants, and what are the requirements? Uh, so I try to keep it as up to date as I can, um, and it's not just used in our case. It's not just used by um, the owners, but also used by um, um, the admin staff, the people that would actually, in some organization, manage that portion of the loan or or gathering all the details that were required to apply for some of the services. So I try to air to both.
0: Got it. Great. Thank you. And that's in the Community IQ, Re- Community IQ Resource uh, Center section of the RSP website. And Paul, I don't know if we shared this with you already, but that is like a record setting document for anything we've ever posted in that uh, Community IQ Resource Center. Like folks are really uh, interested in that. So appreciate you, you putting that uh, together. And if folks want to access that again, you can just check out uh, VAR's Guide to Canada's Economic Response Plan on the RSP website. Tim, did you want to weigh in on that?
3: yeah and i and it, i did say and i think uh, paul uh very much for putting all that together you did a stellar job um thank you but you know that type of um sort of input and and uh research and gathering of information and, and then disseminating and sharing it out with the with the association is is critical to everybody's success in next steps and so on and so forth and you know, we belong to other associations like Liquor Association and private liquor stores and that kind of thing. Um, and they do the exact same thing. And um, you've really uh, done a great job to sort of weed out all the government speak and, and put it into sort of business layman terms. So, you know, certainly on our behalf, we really appreciate you doing that. So thanks, Paul.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, well done, yeah. Wonderful. If it was legal, if it was legal, I'd ask you guys to shake hands or give each other a hug right now, but we can't do that uh, at, at this point. Yeah, you can do a virtual fist bump. Will be the best that you can do. Um, and there's more. There's more resources uh, on the RSPA website beyond that. If you go to goRSPA.org forward slash covid hyphen resources, you'll get access to uh, that uh, Canadian document, and you'll also see a long list of other resources, insights from VARs and resellers. But don't go there yet. Listen to the rest of this podcast uh, so you can hear uh, how these three gentlemen are, are approaching it. So I guess, Gord, if we can start this question with you, um, can you talk about how you're pursuing and utilizing those resources. What specific programs have you gone after? What specific actions have you taken? And I guess for the context for our audience, we're recording this on April 15th because we know things can change, you know, from if not hour to hour, certainly uh, week to week. So uh, can you tell us, Gord,
2: where have you started uh, with these programs? We started out with the wage subsidy that the Canadian government put through with the 10% uh, wage allowance through um, our payroll company. It was Very painless, Uh, took five minutes for them to implement Um, when they changed it to the 75 percent, which I believe is this week that we can start applying. Our accounting team is on that um, to get the 75 percent wage subsidy in place. Uh, We took advantage of the small business loan um, that uh, is interest free till 2022 and we uh, we uh, reached out to our banks to ask them what the process was from their end. Uh, they were very good at helping us with uh, an activation code that we simply put in the website, and we had it, I think, within four days. So it's already in place and uh, completed for two of our companies.
0: And just to understand, when you say it's completed, like the form is completed or is the money already
2: there do you have yeah the funds funds are in the bank account yeah yeah we completed it last thursday and yesterday morning the funds were in the bank for being able to be used
0: uh wow that seems uh uh quicker than i think a lot of people would have expected did you run into any obstacles along the way uh you know for navigating all this no
2: no um we we deal with two different banks Um, for two separate companies that we have and both of them were supplied with an activation code directly from the bank and we clicked on the link, we entered in the activation code and uh, put in our payroll amount and stuff from our T4 from the previous year and it was approved and deposited within days. It was very, very seamless. Yeah.
0: That's great. And are there any next steps for you? Like, there's this kind of the end of the road, like you've got the money and now you can just move forward and run your business? Or uh, I guess, what are you thinking from these resources? What next steps are you anticipating?
2: Um, We aren't anticipating having to reach out to too much more, hoping that this will be over soon. Um, Our provincial government has done the, uh, the essential shutdown until April 28th. So we're anticipating another 13 days where non-essential businesses are um, required to be closed. In the meantime, our staff are continually working hard to maintain customers and get them up to speed and, and clean their equipment or clean their, remotely clean their stuff or or uh, find a way to collect printers, clean them and get them dropped back off and so on.
0: Got it, great. Tim, uh, same, I guess, set of questions for you. What actions have you taken to pursue those programs? Have you bumped into any obstacles so far?
3: We haven't run into anything other than we're probably a time zone or two time zones behind. Uh, we went after the, uh, the loan guarantee, which uh, we did Thursday morning um, and we anticipate if Gord got his yesterday, then we'll get ours today. <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't anticipate any issues with that. Um, we are we, we won't be able to apply for the wage subsidy for March, but certainly April and May will be uh, something we would apply for the wage subsidy. So I haven't gone through that process uh, like Gord mentioned. We're going to go through our payroll um, mm-hmm. provider. Uh, they've already given us the steps to take, so we just need to provide them the information, and we're good to go. So, yeah, I don't anticipate any uh, hangups. And uh, you know, just to follow up on the question that you asked them, what are the next steps? The next steps are to maintain some sort of continuity for our customers, as well as maintaining our our employee and uh, and uh, service levels to our customers. So, um, that's going to go a long way to help us achieve those goals for sure
0: got it and just so if you can clarify and maybe this is just my ignorance with uh, the system you said you wouldn't do anything with the wage subsidy for March but you would do it for April and May can you explain uh, why yeah, that there's, is there's
3: there's a criteria you have to meet as far as um, it was thirty percent now it's fifteen percent year um, month uh, year over year same period uh, and we had a fairly good Um, a year last year and this year in March, but in April, and May, um, we'll see a significant down. So we should be able to meet the criteria. Either way, we're going to go with the 10%. Got it. I think,
2: think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the the, um, most recent update was that if you were down in March, April, or May, you qualified for all three. Is that not, is that
1: incorrect? Uh, that, that is incorrect. You have to you have, to have lost 15% in March of your revenue, um, but you do can compare between your average of January, February this year or last year, March. Um, and if you don't have 15%, you can't get the 75%. Uh, you can get the 10%, you can get the loan, but you can't get the 75%. So Correct. we got into that situation. I barely made it at, at 30% compared to my average, because just like you, I had an amazing beginning of year. Um, and same thing last year. Um, so it was really hard, so I barely made the 30% or, or 15, sorry, for March. Um, but yeah, it, it's 15% for March compared to last year or average of January or February in order to come. Now you have to do that every month. So even if you got your 75% in March, you have to do the same exercise in in um, April, May, and
2: June. Right. Yeah, I understood that they had changed that last week, Paul.
1: No, right. uh, the document that we got finally from uh, Revenue Canada kind of specified that a little more in granular details. That's why. I, I added a few pages to the document to really clarify that part, because what we were told on the um, interview from the PM and the finance minister, and what was written on their site was a little more granular, clear enough to say, that that's not how it was. It was not clearly explained in the interviews. Okay.
3: And and that's the thing. It's very fluid, and I think with the information Paul's collected, and even these kind of conversations, it's really important to make sure we we do understand this fluid movement that we've got going. And I'm pretty sure the Prime Minister said something today. I'm I'm not 100% sure what he announced, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. So Tim, before I ask uh, Paul, you know how he's utilizing the program. That's one thing to clarify is. Yeah, this is intended to have uh, sharing the perspectives of three of the leading resellers. Don't uh, interpret this as legal or accounting advice. Like Bob Goldberg, the RSP Legal Counsel, has said on the RSP webinars that we've had on this subject, you have to consult your attorney. You have to consult your accountant. Do not play a guessing game. Do not go on something that you think you heard. Do not go on the advice of a Facebook friend that probably should apply for anything that you do in life. Just don't read whatever's on Facebook and apply from there. So you've got to lean on the professionals because things are changing. The interpretations are changing and the applications are uh, as well. So yeah, make sure you ask the questions and then go find them.
1: One of the reasons I I get my accountant to vet uh, my document, even though it's not illegal, at least I have a better interpretation if I miss something. Um, uh, But yeah, no, everything should go through your accounting or or your payroll company if if you're using that um, to make sure that you meet those criteria.
0: Yes, view this like surgery. You would not do surgery yourself. Right. And so you should not do uh, navigating these government programs yourself. And if you do surgery yourself, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast uh, to do something else. So, uh, uh, Paul, let let me ask you that set of questions. So, again, you and your accountant helped write the book on it. So what programs are you pursuing and is it going as smoothly as uh, what Tim and Gord have experienced?
1: Well, we applied for the loan, the small business loan, just like uh, they did. And I didn't get a, a notice yet. Uh, but I expect uh, the loan to be processed um, over the next day or two. Um, the uh, we of course did the ten percent salary uh, uh, portion. Uh, we expected this week or early next, uh, depending uh, on the government, to be able to apply properly to the seventy-five percent. Uh, we're meeting those criteria barely um, for for March, and then it, it, after that, it's going to be a need to see it so reapply every month. So, we're going to try to use everything we can uh, on the services um, and hopefully um, stay afloat. I guess the biggest challenge for us is not so much The sales portion, it's mostly the inventory portion. So we got tons of inventory of retailers that closed. We can't deliver. We do a bunch of uh, hospital gift shops. Um, Their budget started in February. Everybody ordered, uh, but now we can't deliver. I don't care. We don't want to walk into a hospital right now, but those shops are closed anyways. So we can't deliver. So we have a, a bit of a dual challenge. Sales are down, but also we have a lot of inventory. So we needed that loan to try to clear some of our payables. So those are services we're trying to use as much as we can.
0: Got it. Thank you. And I'm curious, I'll just throw it out to the three of you, whoever wants to take this. Are any of you helping your merchants navigate these resources as well? Like, is that part of being a trusted advisor for some of these small businesses? Are you able to share your experience with them or share, you know, the resources or links or things like that? I'm curious if any of you have been doing that.
1: Oh, we've uh, we've we've got a few requests and talked to a few merchants and I've sent them uh, I've sent them the link to the RSPA website it's fully open and uh, sometimes it also uh, I even got some comments back it's like what's the RSPA what does that do how does that you know so it kind of also opens a conversation with the merchant of you know, here's what that does. It keeps me current, keeps me trained, keeps me right. So it also engages that conversation. But in some cases, or in most cases, we send them to that link um and uh, give them some guidance um on what they can do. Um always refer them to their accounting firms or, or payroll firm to do the rest.
3: Yeah, most most all our merchants are well in tuned with everything. Um, they're way ahead of the curve and they understand. You know, there's there's some nuances to each business, so they they need to sort of get their own slant on things, but uh, everybody I've talked to, it's just a natural discussion about COVID, um, everybody I've talked to, they're on top of everything. They're on top of business loan, they're on top of the wage subsidy, all of that.
2: And we've...
0: And Gorda, you've run into that? <clears throat>
2: Yeah, we've spent um, a vast um, amount of time with our staff that had downtime to reach out to the clients to see how they were doing, what they needed, if they needed assistance. We shared with them our experiences. Um, We're part of other associations as well locally, like the restaurant association that we've shared all of their resources with our local restaurant owners. Uh, We have um gone to social media, updated our web pages, um and just kind of help them get that information. We uh increased our um blog and our email blasts to our clients with more of this information so that they didn't have to go digging for it um and that it could be at their uh at their fingertips.
0: Got it good. Okay. Well I'm glad to hear that folks are leaning on you. Uh, for that, because that's a big thing that we preach, you know, from an RSP standpoint. And when I talk to leading resellers like yourself, you're not just technology providers. You're really uh, somebody that they can lean on as a, a business resource, because being a business owner, as you guys know, to some degree, is a lonely business, right? Because you've got so many things, and it's not like you get to hang out with a lot of those folks so I'm glad you guys are, are able to do that so anything else on the government programs before we move on and talk about a, about a few other different topics any other words of pearls of wisdom uh, to share with our listeners uh, in Canada No,
3: not that I I'm, I'm,
0: yeah. I'm glad to hear that I didn't know I so I is for the listeners who uh, don't know this so I'm not in Canada I'm in Erie Pennsylvania so we have a team in the Ontario Hockey League, so I do claim dual citizenship, but I certainly don't have the knowledge of the inner workings of the, uh, of the Canadian government. But I didn't know if I was going to show up and I was going to find a hot mess, or, but it sounds like things are going as smoothly as they can, I guess, during a, uh, a pandemic and doing emergency stuff. So uh, kudos it to you guys. The, and thank it, you
1: for it is a government program, so you can't expect it to run smoothly, but um, uh, all in all, it's, it, they've been pretty responsive, S- putting things in place that's
3: as they can for government yeah and at it, the end of the day nobody yes. plans Not for sure. this right so they're they're going by to see their pants anyway and just working with the systems they have so yeah they're probably doing the best they can for what they got
0: got it all right well let's talk about and you've touched on a little bit in terms of how you're working with your current customers and how you're approaching sales with them during the crisis, I guess Gord, can you talk about the conversations that you're having? You know, beyond the hey, we're just checking in with them, can you talk about some of the technologies? Are you introducing new technologies to them? Are you minding them about things? Is, is there an opportunity for downtime to do installs? Can you give us a lay of the land of how those sales conversations and activities are going in this new normal?
2: Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. Um, we have spent a great deal of time with our clients reaching out to talk about. Little things of uh, building maintenance, Um, if they were having any kind of network troubles during peak times, now's the time to bring an electrician in to maybe get things looked at. Um, If they're closed anyway, they may as well get things addressed. Uh, From a technology perspective, we've really embraced the online ordering. Um, We've hired um, a few outside people to help us develop some online ordering Pages, some web pages, um, some social media assistance to help our clients. Um, we've reached out to many that really had no idea on if they were going to survive till next week or not. And we talked to them about uh, the power of takeout in the restaurant world and delivery and in the beer and liquor stores, how they can go from You know, the traditional I'm just going to go in and pick it up to now I can embrace delivery and pickup and curbside pickup and drive through um, and showing them the technologies of apps and um, and online ordering. And surprisingly, it's really been embraced very well. Um, We've talked about contactless payments, contactless ordering. We've talked about um, portable um payments and having your delivery driver uh take a portable device along, although it's a little harder with the contactless payment component to uh, to deal with that. But um we've really uh embraced that part of our business and um has kept a good chunk of our staff really busy in an area that they didn't work in
1: before.
0: Got it. Thank you for those details. I just, I want to follow up. You said social media help uh, for your clients. Can you paint that picture for our listeners in terms of how exactly are you doing that? How are you executing that?
2: We hired a creative and marketing director just before COVID started. Um, and so we utilized her her um, resources to help our clients create some better graphics and social media presence and helping them write Um, some um, short blurbs about who they are so that they can start to lean on the Facebooks and the Instagrams of the world just to reach out to their clients to let them know that, A, they're still open and they're now doing takeout and delivery that they've never done before, um, or they do have curbside or, um, or for that matter maybe in some cases that were closed and we appreciate your business and we're going to open as soon as we can. Um, So we've just uh, aided in helping them understand some of the technology that they were too busy to embrace before. Um, A lot of people worked in the business and not on it and now they're finding that they have to work on it and they don't know how to work on it. So we're helping them work on their business.
0: Got it. That sounds that sounds great. I love that idea. Uh, Tim, can you talk about how are your sales conversations going? What are you engaging with your customers? You know, beyond um, how you're handling COVID. Well, uh, what things are you talking to them about, technology-wise and otherwise, to help them out?
3: Yeah, obviously, a lot of the conversation centers around online store, uh, online presence. Um, it's funny, from you know this association that we have, and you know the trusted advisor type. Um, approach. Um, I had to talk to Paul on something the other day, and um, I was considering sending out a letter from the president to all our customers. And uh, I, pho- I was talking to Paul on something else, and I'm going, "Okay, Paul, this just this sounds like self-serving and taking advantage and opportunistic and all that kind of stuff." I gave an idea of what I was trying to get across in the messaging to our customers, and and Paul's response was 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 very um supportive but the fact is that we're all we're trying to make sure is that the customers are not felt like they're left alone and and we are still going to be there to help them so i proceeded with the letter to a letter from the president to all our customers uh well well received and uh probably within i'd say three days we had about a half a dozen to eight uh online store integrated presentations or demos that we were doing and uh, the partners that we were using were were awesome they were you know yeah when can i do it and they were really supportive yeah. on their pricing so now we haven't nailed one yet because it is still relatively expensive but i think to gords point which is bang on um they're so worse to they're so used to working in the business and not on the business and the, and this really allows us the opportunity to talk about how much technology and our position and our value to that customer uh, has exponentially grown because where are we without technology? We we can't do Zoom meetings, we can't do online ordering, we can't do curbside delivery, we can't do contactless payments. So um, it's really important for us to at least have that conversation with our customers um, about what technology can do for them. And we're there for them. And there's a lot of lessons we're gonna learn from this COVID thing. Sorry, I'm talking too much, go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, no, that, that's, it seems like what you guys have emphasized is, uh, instead of just ignoring your customers or just giving them a you know virtual hug and saying, we hope you're doing well, to really get in there and say, this can be an opportunity for you. Like just don't wring your hands or wallow in your decreased sales let's pause if you do have time on your hands, since you don't have as many customers as he did, let's talk together to see how you can improve your business and run it more efficiently and maybe give yourself a boost. If I'm understanding that correctly, Tim.
3: Yes, absolutely,
0: 100%. Got it. And then Paul, if you can talk about what you're selling and I do know one of these answers cause you and I have had some uh, conversations on it. Like you almost have two extremes of online ordering platforms, introducing people to that and then you're selling plexiglass shields to protect cashiers. I guess if you can talk about both of those extremes and, and how you kind of got there and what other conversations you're having uh, with your customers.
1: Well, just earlier, before Tim did, I sent my letter to the president saying, okay, we're still open. We're here to help you. If you need any assistance, any services, please, you know. Um, and then we, we glanced about online ordering, about other services that we do. And in the first, I don't know five calls that I did because we started calling these people and they started to me like talking to me about you know is there a way to protect my cashier my my customer service agents my um so um we we, we started to install Plexi shields to try to help them I will say this it's it's partially psychological that PlexiShields, Plexi shields but a lot of cashiers a lot of the owners feel better they feel better protected um so we ended up installing like for three weeks uh, constantly installing plexi shields um the demand is down now uh, well, still there but slowing down but it's like and to be very honest it was customer driven from our conversations from with them um, so some restaurants fast week service wanted something hanging from the ceiling or, or something that they could still the food from underneath. Uh, where cashiers on a traditional checkout wanted something attached, so, so we uh, started to do that. In the process of, conver- of having the conversations with, again, online, uh, we spend a lot of time, especially in the first week or so, two weeks, updating software to customers, upgrading their solutions in terms of. You know, nothing they had to pay for. We just used that opportunity to do an upgrade during the day instead of at night. Uh, those, those types of things. And that also you know forced a conversation with the customer. Okay, well, we're going to be upgrading you to, to a new version. Uh, is there anything that we can address on the same time, functionalities, uh, have those conversations. So that part had no cost to them. It was just again engaging conversation and then we got into online and addressing their you know today's need um, but also looking at the future uh, i think we're all you know in ontario right now we're or say uh stay at home order until may 12th i think i'm smart enough to know that it's going to go to june um and this thing is not over we still got you know 12, 18, 24 eighteen, twenty-four months—who knows? At this point, everybody's throwing numbers in the air of this social distancing and then you know probable waves, and so so we're we really having this conversation with the customers. Say, so, okay, I know you're looking at now, and some of them are slammed with online order and doing their own really thingy of of uh, of uh, curbside pickups and emails, and it's totally disorganized, and that's why they're stuck. So we really have those conversation with them um and telling them like okay so right now we're in the first phase uh, let's look at what we can do now what we can do in 90 days from now so uh, you know the online platforms some are small independents we, we, we had a deal offer going on because of covid on on one of our platforms we said okay well sign the contract give you the deposit and then we'll work with you in 30 or 40 days To say okay let's look at next phase but don't miss that opportunity of that deal going on because it was really impressive um um, some of the platforms that we worked with um they were free for three months so some of the restaurants we said okay well you know, Here's an option. It's, it's going to ask you to do some work but at least you have an online platform for now and you have three months to test it. If it doesn't work for you, fine. In three months, throw it away. Um, you you spent no money, so just some time. Um, if, uh, if it works for you, then you have an option for the future. Um, yeah. So we kind of took that address in that conversation. Um, and, and yeah, Plexi Shield was just customer driven customer demand, and it's like not even something I would have even thought of on my own.
3: yeah, exactly. I, I gotta tell you, um, I want to say that uh, the Sobies uh, announced they were putting in uh, the Plexiguard um, shields for their staff like on a Tuesday. And we've got mm-hmm. a couple of customers. one's got thirty two locations, the other one has thirty seven. And within two days, every one of those stores had deployed those shields in one form or another, whether it was hanging from the ceiling or whether it was a, a, a T-bar frame or whatever, didn't even give me a chance to look for a supplier. I would go, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd say that uh, those are the kind of things you just don't expect, right?
0: Right, yeah, this is a time with your customers, it seems like you have to reach out listen to them and you have to react like you said very quickly and get very creative like it can't be well here's what we've always done or we'll get to that next week like it's got to be a turn around very quickly in order to to take advantage and and strike while the iron's hot and and take advantage of uh, their opportunity to to serve them and and help them out with their needs um well let's pause here for a moment uh, for commercial break and let our listeners and viewers know that an rspa membership has never been more valuable or affordable the rspa recently expanded its var and isv member benefits to include discounts on health insurance hr services office supplies and shipping also rspa members have access to a legal advisor security advisor sales coach and a var and isv business advisor That's all included in your annual RSP membership, which for Canadian resellers starts at, if you're looking at the value of the Canadian US dollar today, $350 a year. That's 96 cents a day for these high value services. For my fellow Americans who are too lazy to do the conversion on their own, that's $250 a year for resellers, uh, 68 cents a day in the US. Uh, Without an RSP membership, you'll either spend thousands of dollars paying an outside consultant who doesn't know the channel, or you'll end up going it alone during these turbulent times in our industry. You can accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. And again, make sure you check out our COVID-19 Resource Center. You can go to goRSPA.org forward slash COVID hyphen resources. And we have a lot of information there for VARS and ISVs. Also, we want to make sure to say thank you to our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star, Heartland, ScantSource, and shift for payments and to receive the benefits of an rspa membership or rspa sponsorship email membership at go okay so we talked about the sales standpoint can you talk about your staffing levels your service tactics and gord if we can start with you like the folks who are watching on video, you're working from your office. You said you're able to have people come in your office because you have a whole lot of space there. Can you talk about, I guess, how you're handling things internally from a staffing standpoint and then what you're doing for those service calls uh, to make sure that folks are protected, both your employees and your merchants?
2: Sure, Jim. <clears throat> so our office is locked. Um, clients can't come in. Um, courier services, deliveries. Are all brought to an unmanned area, remotely unlocked by door, monitored by security camera. So we're handling all that to a contactless environment, where they all have their own access to coming into the building, uh, provided we unlock the door. Uh, so we're handling all the pickups and and um, and courier services that way. Ninety um, percent of our Service tech on-call stuff. We're organizing when the store is closed, and that somebody can unlock the door, let our staff in, do the work, and let them go. So we we uh, respect the social distancing. Um, we are working in the office um, for a few reasons. One is we test so many solutions, and we need to test it on our equipment. Um, And it just didn't make sense for everyone to work from home and call somebody at the office to see if they could go and test the device, because now it took two people for every one job. Um, However, we have segregated the office so that each employee has um, just as much or more room than they would in their own house if they were by themselves. And they have their own corner. They've, um, They've they're all separated working on their stuff and we're collaborating through um, team meetings, online, Zoom, Uber, whatever it might take for that. As far as emergency calls go, we've had clients that have had a printer or terminal go down that have uh, sent one of their employees here, dropped it off in our our, uh, pickup area, drop off. Our guys have disinfected everything clean the equipment and put it back there and they came back to pick it up um, is how we've been working to date and it seemed to have worked quite well. There's a few that we had to go on site which we provided PPE uh, for our our staff, uh, hand sanitizer in every corner and every door, um, disinfectant wipes, um, and uh, everyone is restricted to one vehicle Company vehicles, one per tech, they're what they used to share, no longer are shared vehicles. Each one has their own vehicle that they drive for this whole period.
0: Got it. And just for the folks who don't know the context, when you talk about people working in your office, how many square feet approximately is your office?
2: 11,000
0: okay so just so people aren't thinking like you've got all sorts of people sitting one or like yeah. in each corner like each corner means they probably have to pick up the phone to talk to each other because uh, yeah, they're they, that far away so we
2: have 800 square feet of personal space per employee so we're, <laughs> we're doing okay <laughs> we uh, do have okay. the people that can work from home or that do um support only are working from home um or or staff that have daycare issues with their family or other um, situations are working from home. So we are recommending that if we can. Uh, If there's any health concerns whatsoever, we don't have those staff working in the office at all. Got it.
0: Makes sense. And Paul, can you talk about your staff? And I'm particularly interested if you can talk about, and I saw because you wrote it out for an RSP blog post that uh, you and Tim and Gord all contributed to, about what you're doing where you're arming everybody with Ziploc bags, everybody who goes on a service call. Can you talk about that specifically? And then also in general, how you're handling uh, service with your customers?
1: Well, uh, all this, everybody's working from home in our case, except one person uh, that's in the office for, as I said, receiving uh, uh, staging equipment. Uh, we limit the number of people at the office to two. So sometimes there'll be another technician picking up some equipment, preparing some stuff for the installs or, or whatever, um, and then that's it. Now we we do arm our um, uh, technicians are on the road um, with. Uh, uh, Gloves, mask, um, uh, Lysol wipes, um, hand sanitizers, and the rule is at every site they have to have. You know, they, they put on the gloves. They have to dispose of them when they get out before they get in their van. If there's no, um, if there is no place to throw them out when they get out of the location, we provided them a. Boxes and blocks of where they throw the, bag, the the gloves in, seal them out and throw them out when they can. Um, so so there's really no contact in the vehicle. We already had one vehicle per employee, so we didn't have to address that. Uh, but I do ask them a couple of times a a week at least to use the Lysol wipes to clean their front of the car. I know they bring terminals in and out of stores. Uh, you know They got it disinfected when they get out. Uh, but I do ask them to kind of clean their their van area uh, on a regular basis um, to try to um, clean it, keep it as clean as possible or germ free as possible. Uh, but we we're, we're, we've moved everything. We were pretty much ready to go um, online. Meaning uh, we already using a VoIP system. We already had all the tools and and, and web systems in place. Uh, whether you know with, with our CRM, with our ordering or quoting system, uh, everything's kind of already online so it was pretty easy for us to do the transition. Um, we had to buy one laptop but you know that's the extreme of it um, or it's the extent of it. Everybody brought their phones home, they can answer from home. Um, so so all in all like as I said we, we were very quickly so when we, you and I came back from the Um, conference uh, from NCC, on that Monday, we were live on Everybody's Working From Home. So uh, on the Friday, I made the call actually from the NCC conference, talked to all my staff and uh, told them, you know, this is the last Friday in, bring your stuff, bring your phone, bring whatever you need. Um, And then on the Monday or Tuesday, one of the guys went to one of our customers, picked up the gloves, the the mask. uh, We actually went to one of our customers to pick up all the the other things that they needed and equipped them all. Yeah, and so uh,
0: Paul alluded to uh, March 11th through 14th, he and I were in Colorado Springs uh, for the NCC partner conference and going out there there were you know it was set, sort of normal travel you saw a few people with masks but while we were there is kind of when the world fell apart right the NBA canceled their season Tom Hanks and his wife announced that they had uh, you know COVID-19 all sorts of things started happening out there places started shutting down it was a very surreal uh, time there's no doubt about it like you know you get an alert on
1: hey. your phone oh the world is ending well, how Thursday. about that? like yeah, I know. And on yeah. the Thursday night that we were there, they were talking, starting to talk about closing the border, Canada, U.S. border. The only thing I could think is, like, oh, my God, I'm stuck in Colorado. <laughs> well,
0: that's only they were only considering that because you were out of the country to keep you out. So it, that had nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> it's just <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we kid because we care. Tim, uh, can you give us a quick overview? Again, I feel weird like asking, tell me how you're utilizing Lysol wipes. But I mean, that's kind of <laughs> where we are, I guess. Can you talk about, uh, are you handling service similar to what uh, what Gordon Paul are doing?
3: Yeah, it's it's very similar. We don't have Ziploc bags, uh, but we do the social distancing. We do have to get out to customers um, because when they call us, it's an emergency and we've got to get out there. Uh, so they have gloves, masks. We have our our source of N95 masks. Um, it's not a million of them or 10,000 of them, but we've got enough for the, the gang. Um, and they wipe things down when they get back. Um, but for the most part, uh, our techs work from home and uh, we have one person per floor. Uh, and if we do need to communicate, then it's it's at social distancing and not a lot of exchange of anything else. So yeah, we're okay. much similar, same thing. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that this, this is the real deal. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody's had any COVID stories, but our neighbor who we've uh, known for years, um, his best buddy who he skis with uh, died of COVID. He was the dentist that died that uh, attended that um, dental clinic or dental convention here in Vancouver where there were 15,000 people there. So he was the first communal death. So it is a real deal. It's something that, um, you know, you don't wish upon anybody. It's a silent killer. But um, we do all the precautions according to the Health uh, health Authority, uh, BC and Fed. So uh, it's important to keep our, our staff safe. But more importantly, when we um, I- interact with our customers that we have to think of them as well as their customers that come in on our shopping and so on and so forth. So, yeah, we, we take the right steps to, to be safe for everybody.
0: that is the unusual backdrop to all this. Like, here we are talking about the business aspect of it, and there's that whole scary human aspect of it. I know on the uh, RSP has an ISV community, and so we were talking with the ISV executives about, you know, how they're communicating with their staff, and they're talking about potential cuts and pay cuts and layoffs. And they said, how are people handling that? And one of them said, they're concerned about staying alive, right? Like, that is the reality of it, is, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs they want to make sure that they're able to survive this thing. First of all, like the paycheck is very much secondary uh, at at this point. So yeah, definitely a real, a real threat uh, out there. And so gentlemen, I know we're uh, running maybe a little bit over on our time, but if you have a few more minutes, I do have a couple questions. I'll just throw these out to the group. So we talked a lot about tactics. I just want to know about strategy and like, how are you planning for the future? Because this is something you, there's no end date to it whatsoever, right? If you knew it was going to end on May 1st, you behave one way if this thing's going to go all the way through you know July fifteenth you would behave a different way, and a lot of ours I talk with they feel like even when the stay at home is lifted it's going to be gradual, there will be limitations and so I'll just throw it out to whoever wants to take this first. How would you plan uh for your business when visibility into what's around the corner is so limited
3: that's a
1: good it's question. It's, I, I think Go ahead, oh, sorry Paul. sorry I, I think it's really hard to really have a real plan because you don't know when and you don't know how um you know we've we've got I've got a few strategies in, on the books, but it all depends on you know how is the economy really gonna really start moving um are people actually gonna go into restaurants or is it gonna be so gradual that you know the restaurant tour will Will not move so quickly. Uh, um, I know at one point that the restaurateur, even though he kept his, you know, terminal or equipment, sometimes on, on masking tape to really go through this period. At one point, he will fail, but that doesn't mean that um, that doesn't mean that they'll have the resources financially or or, or otherwise to, to get to that next step. It's so hard to really plan at this point to say, I have a strategy or I have a few plans in place, but I I don't have a clue really, I don't have a crystal ball clear enough at this point to really say, here's the direction, because there's so many variables still in the queue, we just talk about the stay at home date that are different from province to province. and realistically uh, BC has been doing you know a lot better than we have on a lot of the aspects so we're probably going to be here in Ontario kind of sit and wait and see how they're doing it to really have a clear direction or clear direction and me as a business person will have a better understanding on how the small merchants are actually adapting to the you know opening their business and what they're really gonna put in place to really protect their staff and their employees. So, and is it is it really gonna all of a sudden really line up, people are gonna line up because the bookstore has been closed for six weeks or is it gonna yeah. be so gradual? So again, it, it's all part of the equation that we have so much no, so, so knowledge. It's really hard to really have a plan.
0: Yeah. It's like an algebra problem where it has A plus B plus C plus D equals what? And you're like, well, I don't even know what any of those letters represent. I guess, uh, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Gord uh, and then Tim, if you could talk about your strategies.
2: Yeah. Like Paul said, it's hard to know what the strategy is. We um, are treating this like um, it's our first day of opening a brand new business or a brand new restaurant. And we're making sure that every tabletop is clean and every piece of, silverware is shiny and every cup is ready to go. So whenever the the doors open for our customers that we're there to look after them, um, our education level has gone through the roof. The support from the community has been phenomenal from the IT world to teach us on things that we didn't have time to learn before, um, sharpen our tools, sharpen our pencils, sharpen our minds on what is out there learning strategies um, just going back to the basics and teaching people how we got to where we got um, and where we started with uh, or what we started with and where we started from and where we want to go so as far as the plan goes we have a vision that we're going to have to continually do more and more zoom meetings more and more webinars more and more education more and more training online, uh, more and more unique ways to service our customers in a socially distant, respectful form. Um, And um, yeah, you know, and finding new markets like the plexiglass part is is a short term unique thing that everyone started asking about. But what else is there? What else are there for Um, getting messages out and does that mean better digital display for our clients to explain the process when you come in the store are we in the sticker business so we have to put footprints on the floor to tell people where to stand Um, are we doing better jobs with kiosks and self-service stuff within stores um, are we entering a brand new curbside ordering solution through our smartphones where people are ordering through the plexiglass and without talking? So we're trying to be ready for all the new possibilities and get good at the ones that we know we can get good at. Got it. Thank you. Tim?
3: Yeah, I. you know what? I'd have to agree uh, with both Paul and Gord. Um, I mean, th- my sense is that we're we're quite in tune with with the same type of thinking, such as honkering in on education and and this, that, the other thing. Uh, taking a look at internal uh, systems and procedures that you can improve on so that when it does come back. Um, but over the last couple of weeks I've been looking at post-COVID and what that looks like. And you really do, you know, to Paul's point and certainly to Gord's point, is you really have to assess. The fluid movement as it is right now. I don't know about you guys, but I did not see the plexiglass thing coming at all. But there might be a plexiglass thing coming, like Gord mentioned. So there's all those sort of unknowns, but you have to assess it as you go and then and then make certain assumptions, right? With any kind of strategy, any kind of planning, you've got to make some assumptions and 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 categorize each of those items and say, okay, well, if this is going to happen, then here here's where technology is going to help or here the you know the the stuff in our basket is going to help customers whether it's new or existing or or whatever and the and the other big thing is is investing in education um to gord's point i mean you know what i you see these emails fly back and forth with our vendors and our partners and it's like yeah okay i'll get to i'll get to it is that now he's like okay I've, i've got i've got to get close to this because we're going to be the resource for uh, anybody that's coming out of this tunnel, and we don't know what it looks like. I, I don't think anybody knows what it looks like, but it, it really is going to be uh, up to us to make sure that the retail space, the food and beverage, hospitality space, even though with the new reality, uh, that landscape is going to look a lot different, and we need to be there to to be the resource for that. Consultant, the advisor, whatever it might be. Yeah. I, I hope I've summarized that correctly, hey,
1: Gord. Yeah. Just longer words, that's all. I never uh, I never participated in more training and podcasts and that that I've done in the last probably 15 years of of you know watching podcasts and, and trying to stay on top of information and uh, all sorts of trainings on, on technology that you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. And now I have all the time in the world, so never seen so many of those in my life. I don't
3: think. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm going to replay this and remember what exactly I said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to tap into my go. seat.
3: Okay, what did Gordon say again? I forget. Oh, what was it? 13 <laughs> minutes. Okay, that's what it was. Just
0: like all the time, right, Tim?
3: Yeah, that's just like all the time.
0: People are learning (laughs) podcasts and and relearning webinars. So, well, my last question again, gentlemen, thanks so much for your time today. My last question, and thanks for for staying some extra time uh, with us is, and we'll take this one again, uh, we'll do it the different direction. We'll start in the east and we'll head over to the west. I'm just curious, personally, how are you all holding up? I mean, you've poured so much time and energy and money into your business and then in a span of weeks it's turned upside down, right? It's like you're, you know, a Rubik's Cube trying to figure it out, get it nice and neat, and somebody just like dropped it off the top of a building and it's, you know, in a whole bunch of pieces you're trying to figure out. And so you've got a responsibility to your family, your employees, their families, your customers, their patrons, and I mean you're all upbeat guys, but you've kind of been getting beat up quite a bit lately with the whole what COVID nineteen has done to uh the economy and everything. So I guess Paul, like, can you Share, you know, how are you holding up through all this?
1: Uh, I'll say I have my good days and bad days. Um, I, I think my biggest worry is, is my staff, uh, my technicians on the road, uh, their safety. You know, it's it's great to be an essential service to be able to pay the rent and keep all these family fed. But some days it's like, is it really sometimes worth the risk of you know getting one of my employees sick for weeks and their entire fan, I don't know I just I go through this phase once in a while or um it, it's uh, it's that's the risk part I, I think the pieces is going back and forth and changing tomorrow. yeah, it's faster than we're used to, but that's been our business for the last ten years. What we we're doing three years ago is not the same as today we just experienced it in a, in a you know two three weeks period of change instead of two three years but, but I think we've all adapted to this change in our industry I think it's more the risk part for my staff that I get really worried about I think the rest I'll figure it out as we go and I know I'm not the only one to you know, try to juggle between a reality and a bunch of suppositions and 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 so uh, that part I think I've managed okay. It's more the the risk part to the staff that I get really uncomfortable at times. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, thank you for that.
2: Gord, how are you holding up? Um doing well. Thanks Jim. Uh we we're like Paul. Um we have our ups and downs uh some days you come in and go what are we doing why are we here why are we why do we not just shut everything right down and then the next day you wake up and go wait they need us they do need yeah. us and the staff need us and the staff's families need us and the customers need us and they need us from a moral support perspective they need us from uh just an uplifting and a positive inspiration. Um, everyone reads and sees the news, and everything is doom and gloom everywhere you turn. And one more death is the world coming to an end, and and it just there you're just looking at numbers on the news to see how many more came in today, um, and it's just. it's it's not the news you want to turn on to. We've gotten to a point where we just don't want to turn it on. We don't turn it on. Um, We have our regular staff meetings and go, we're doing whatever we can, you do whatever you can, but all we ask is that you be an uplifting support for whatever customer you could reach out to today. Um, Because somebody else could be having a bad day and you could be on your good day, so why not? flatten that curve and keep everyone relatively happy. Um, and whatever it takes financially, we're past that part. We've accepted the fact that there's going to be certain parts to our business that won't grow um, or that'll shrink slightly or shrink a lot. Um, but it's our duty. We feel like to uplift our customers um, and to say, look, we're here for you. And Let me help you. And if it's online ordering platforms that are free for 60 days that we do, or if it's fixing something for free or if it's, you know, um, doing something just on a personal level. But we're we're trying to find better good days than bad. And um, I think we're doing a good job of making sure that we're we're positive.
0: And thank you. And for your to your point about uplifting, we have a, a post on the RSP blog. It talks about when you engage with anybody, you have an opportunity to be an energy elevator, right? Or you can be a soul sucker, right? And it's hard to be an energy elevator with, like you said, all the, you know, the death that's going on and the, the fear and the uh, economic calamity. But there's a role that we can play to, again, elevate people's energy instead of uh, being a soul sucker uh, for them. So, Uh, Tim, can you uh, take us home and let us know how are you holding up through this and how's your team holding up?
3: Yeah, I I would say amen to both of those guys. Um, I think from my standpoint, personally, we're doing okay. We're doing all right. We do have our good days and bad days. And exactly right, you know, we got used to that turning on the TV and said, okay, three more deaths and, you know, 56 more cases and this, that, the other thing. But moreover, uh, what keeps me up at night is more about, you know, the sanity and and the survivability of our customers, uh, and uh, making sure that I have all the trust and faith in our staff that they follow the rules and are safe. Because without them, then we've we've got a problem, right? So um, it it does keep me up at night to make sure that. You know, we do our part to make sure we flatten the curve and keep that social distancing and follow the the guidelines. Uh, and moreover, just be there for our customers, because some of them are going to have real tough days. Um, yeah. And to Gord's point, we've got to be the uplifter. We, there's no question. We need to be that positive. You know, one of the guys, <clears throat> I'm sure you're going to ask us about our books and podcast guys, but one of the guys I follow is uh, Simon Sinek. Um and he's mostly talks about leadership and is just a really overall great guy. Um, and he talked about positivity versus um, um um being optimistic. And positivity is is sort of a state of mind. Yeah, everything's going great. I can come on and say, Yeah, that's all good. Um the the other aspect is being more about optimistic of what's going to happen at the end of this and having that kind of turn you know off that nice edge with this with this crisis it's really important to be optimistic about where we're going to go and position ourselves to be that optimistic tunnel that our customers can come through without using that kind of metaphor anyways
0: yeah yeah but yeah no, I appreciate that. And it's, we, sh- we could lift people up and they can draw inspiration and who knows where they're going to get it from. Like I was on LinkedIn and I believe it was Allie Haskell from RSP members, CBS, Northstar in Southern California. And she said something to effective today means we're one more day closer to normal, right? So don't be looking at when's this going to end? What time I'm getting impatient, but you're here's today. And because today is here now we're one day closer to normal. So, Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. And uh, to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. If you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the Point of Sale channel, uh, check out the RSPA blog. You can find it at GoRSPA.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go again, thanks to Paul, Gord, and Tim for sharing their wisdom with us today, gentlemen. That was great stuff. Uh, And thanks also to RSPA MarCom manager, Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the Point of Sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at goRSPA.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye everybody.